breakfast critically thinking about shit and today I will be talking about a little bit about last night's debate my thoughts on it my thoughts on the candidate and you know the rest of the race so I hope you listen and you know whatever all right guys here we go recorded my podcast in a long time because well I guess I've been busy trying to have a life or something anyway I'm essentially talking to myself so I figured hey why not talk about the debates last night if any of you watched the debate um I guess if you're interested in US politics you found it interesting for me I loved it I love U.S. politics. It makes me happy. It's like my own personal Super Bowl, except it lasts two years. So right now I'm just in bed, having a cigarette, and I want to talk about the debates and my takeaway from the debates. Well, anyone who knows me in real life at this point probably knows that I'm a huge Pete Buttigieg fan. I think that he is the best person to get the Democratic nomination. I don't think there's anyone better than him out of all the other candidates. I think he's just brilliant. And so, you know, I'm rooting for him. Let's see. So at last night's debate, yeah. Obviously, by now everyone kind of knows that Pete is leading the polls in Iowa and in New Hampshire. And so everyone kind of went into the debate expecting for, like, the rest of the candidates on stage to attack him and all of that. But honestly, to their credit, they didn't, except a couple of people. I'm going to start with someone that I totally cannot stand, Tulsi Gabbard. Honestly, I don't even know how she made it to that stage. I feel like if she had any ounce of self-respect she would drop out of the race because she's absolute shit like she's just I can't with her she looks great yesterday though I was really digging the whole pantsuit thing she was wearing she looks really good but honestly every time she opens her mouth I feel like I'm gonna throw up so yeah she needs to drop the fuck out of the debate of the race completely gone then Amy Klobuchar you know what's crazy? I have like a love-hate relationship with my feelings about Amy Klobuchar because I think she's great. But at the same time, there isn't a universe where she's going to end up, you know, as the nominee. It's just not possible. And I think her attacks on Pete for being inexperienced in her own words it's just so cheap like really fucking cheap I mean yes you're a senator and you've been in government longer than Pete has but like what exactly have you fucking achieved so I mean that argument that because she's been in it for so long means she has more to say or whatever it's just moot because honestly like she kept going back to that last night and it was such a cheap shot and honestly I don't really think it's going to affect her poll numbers maybe she would get a bump of like a couple of points but 
<sighs> at the end of the day, that's the thing. That's one thing about the debates. As a side note, I don't really think the debates are going to change the makeup of the race and the candidates. I think that the top four will always be Biden, Buttigieg, Warren, and Sanders. They might go up or down, but I think they're going to stay top four for as long as this lasts where there are so many people on the race. Um, fifth will always be Kamala Harris. I don't know that she's going to climb because, honestly, I feel like at this point, either someone, either either Biden or Warren or Sanders or Buttigieg is going to win Iowa and New Hampshire. And while someone wins those two races, well, it's either going to push them over the top in South Carolina and Nevada and then Super Tuesday, or it isn't. But I feel like by that point, we're going to kind of know that it's going to be those four people. I don't see how Kamala Harris is going to come up, is going to come even fourth. <laughs> She's probably going to come out like fourth or fifth in you know, Iowa and New Hampshire. And at that point, because like, I've been reading reports about how she's closing up her New Hampshire offices. Anyway, that's beside the point. Back to the debate. Um, Andrew Yang needs to drop out of this race. Honestly, I feel like he could make a good cabinet secretary or an advisor, but he's never going to be president. I'm sorry, but it's just never going to happen. Because for starters, he has no policy. <laughs> I'm sorry, but he doesn't. And yeah, giving every adult in America a thousand dollars, that is not a policy. That's honestly that's like, hey, I'm gonna give you candy if you come to my party or whatever. Like, no. He needs to drop out of the race. So does Tom Steyer. Because I literally forgot that Tom Steyer was on stage like halfway through the debate last night. And then all of a sudden I heard his voice and I was like, Oh wait, this dude is still here. <laughs> He was so non-existent. Yeah, he needs to drop out of the race too. Cory Booker had a really great night last night. I feel like Cory Booker, Amy Klobuchar, Kamala Harris, they really came with their A game last night because I guess they realized, look, it's a make or break moment. Like we kind of need to step it up. And they all did really great, actually. They did. Um, I've never been a fan of Sanders. I... I don't know. He just annoys me, I guess. He really fucking annoys me. But he had a good performance yesterday. But also, it makes me laugh that, like, every question he's asked always ends up being about healthcare. Like, his answers always end up being about healthcare. Like, you can ask him about, I don't know. Let's see. You could ask him what color a suitcase is, and it will end up being about healthcare. Which I guess is great that he's such a champion of healthcare, but at the same time, there needs to be more. And I don't think he can make a great president. That's my issue with Sanders and Warren. Also, by the way, last night was the first time in this entire race that I actually liked Elizabeth Warren. I'm not particularly crazy about her. I kind of wish Kamala Harris was in a much higher position on the polls than Warren, but hey, whatever. I think that Warren and Sanders as presidents, which obviously is never going to happen, I highly doubt it, but either of them as presidents, for Sanders especially, he's never going to get anything done, ever, because chances are we may keep the House, Democrats may keep the House, 
in the elections, but I don't think Democrats are going to flip the Senate. So chances are there's going to be a Republican majority in the Senate. And I don't see how Sanders can get anything done with the Republican majority. I just don't see how that will be possible. That's one. For Warren, one of two things is going to happen if by some miracle she ends up as the president of the United States. She will either not get anything done or she will move back to the middle and that will end up alienating a lot of her base who, you know, have kind of championed her as this proper lefty liberal. And that's going to be an issue for her if she runs for a second term. For a second term. Um, I feel like, I don't know. I just feel like, because she already has shown signs that she's willing to move closer to the center if she starts to get, like, flat. Because throughout the campaign, since she started her campaign, it's all been, I've had, I have a plan for this, I have a plan for that. All the debates, she's all been you know, Medicare for all, Medicare for all, let's remove private insurance, yada, 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 and then she released her plan and got a lot of criticism, and first of all, before she released the plan for a long time, she refused to admit that, you know, Medicare for all, her plan anyway, is going to raise taxes for middle-class Americans, and then eventually, she said it will, then she kind of found a way to walk it back, and I feel like since she's released her Medicare for all plan, She's sort of trying to be a little bit closer to the middle than all the way to the left. And if you're someone who is a staunch Elizabeth Warren fan because of how much of the left she is, pretty much in the same space as Sanders, then you're probably going to feel like, um, no, this is not what I signed up for. So if by a miracle she becomes president, she probably, I did not get anything done or be a politician and move to the middle. Kamala Harris had a great night last night, but I I really don't know why it's not catching on, you know? I don't particularly understand why it's not catching on, but that kind of, I guess that to me shows that these debates are not really doing much. At the very least, I think the only thing they're doing is kind of like trimming away the fat of how many candidates are in the race. Because, I mean, it went from 20 and then now there's pretty much just this 10. And I, like, as of now, um, Tulsi Gabbard and Andrew Yang haven't qualified for the December debate. And I'm hoping they don't because they don't really need to be on that fucking stage. So I hope that trims it more. But I feel like Kamala Harris has kind of been doing well in all the debates, but it's just not moving in the polls because I guess... Americans are just not into it. Now, that brings me to Biden. Biden. You know, I kind of wish Biden ran in 2016 because this Biden that we're getting right now is not the Biden that we have, you know, wanted. It's not the Biden that we wanted. This is not the guy who was, you know, Barack Obama's um, vice president. This is a guy who seems very incoherent a lot. 
but he does have a lot of strong support because he's been around for decades and everyone kind of knows, everyone knows who he is and he was vice president, pretty much the most popular president in recent history. And he has like, a, a, he has like the largest black support. And I get that. And that makes it really appealing that he's probably going to be the one who can beat Donald Trump. But at the same time, at the same time, I don't know if he's going to make it. I mean, he's he may not, he's probably not going to win Iowa or New Hampshire, but I think South Carolina is where he's really going to shine. And that if he does, he's probably going to carry Nevada. But that's the thing. I think the early states are not really going to tell us much until Super Tuesday. And we'll really know who's really in the race. And we'll see how many people will be there till, you know, convention. And that brings me to Buttigieg. He's brilliant. He's smart. He's intelligent. He's articulate. He's pragmatic. He's... He is like the best parts of all those candidates combined. (laughs) And the thing I like about him, because I've spent so many hours watching interviews of his from like 2015 and 16 and 17. And like, he's the only candidate, apart from Kamala Harris, he's the only other candidate that I actually watched his um, announcement speech. Like, and I've watched pretty much every interview he's done that's available on the internet. I have watched every one of them. And he's so consistent with his message. And he's so, I don't know. I just can't imagine Donald Trump defeating him in the general elections. Because Trump is, Trump's people are going to go for the, you know, the low blows. But it's going to be very hard to go after someone who, one, doesn't have a voting record, so you can't say, oh, he used to support something and doesn't support it anymore. He's pretty much very consistent with what he believes he's always been. I mean, I don't know what the Republicans are going to throw at him, unless they really go, like, full, you know, disgusting and homophobic, which I think if they do that, will lose them the election, because there is no way that moderate Democrats and moderate Republicans are going to vote for that. So, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, I think that he's the Democrats' best choice at taking back the White House in 2020. I really think he is. And also, the moderators for last night's debates were brilliant. They were incredible. This was like the first debate where a bunch of candidates were yelling on top of each other. That's another thing about Buttigieg. He never joins in the yelling and the screaming that everyone else does. So he kind of just stands out. Like, this is a guy who's so level-headed and so brilliant. Like, he literally reminds me of Obama. Like, and I know a lot of people are saying that, but it's true. He's smart. He's pragmatic. He knows what to say and when to say it. He never runs from a question. He, I don't know, he's always ready to attack, like, whatever question is thrown at him, even when they're uncomfortable or when they're, you know, questions that most candidates would probably not want to, like, face. I think he does have issues with black people, with his 
support from the black community, but I don't think that's from a fault of his. I think it's just the extremely polarized country that the United States is right now. I don't think that's any fault of his. And also, I mean, come on, Kamala Harris has been, she's, she's literally a black woman who has been in public service for a really long time and she doesn't have that much black support. Neither does Cory Booker, who is a black man or whoever else. I mean, the only people who have any black support to speak of are Biden, Sanders, and Warren, and they've been around for a long time. I mean, Biden is like, he has the biggest black support because, I mean, he has that, you know, people will just see him and he reminds them of Obama, I guess, because he was part of that administration. For Sanders, he's been around for a long time. He's fought for civil rights, but still he has like less than half of the black support that Biden has. So it's not like Buttigieg, you know, no one knew him. No one knew him like less than like nine months ago. So he does have a lot of work to do. But I think that if he carries New Hampshire and Iowa, then people in South Carolina are going to be like, hmm, maybe we should take a look at this guy. And also at the same time, we can't pretend that homophobia isn't playing a part in that but I mean if people can get over their prejudices I think anyone I don't know how you can listen to him and not realize that he's the best person for the job yeah like I just I don't think that that's possible but yeah I really want you know the candidates who are irrelevant like Steyer and Yang and Tulsi Gabbard to just go away so at the next debate, it's Buttigieg, Biden, Sanders, Warren, Kamala Harris, and Cory Booker, and Amy Klobuchar. And then after that debate, I'm guessing that by December, you know, they might all stay till the Iowa and New Hampshire primaries. But I feel like after Iowa and New Hampshire, then it's probably just going to be, honestly, Biden, Warren, Buttigieg, Sanders, maybe Kamala Harris. I don't know if Amy Klobuchar is going to hold on if she doesn't win this, do well in those two states. But even if she does, even if they decide to hold on to like Super Tuesday, honestly, if they if you don't finish first, second, third in Iowa, Iowa, New Hampshire. Honestly, I feel like your donors and your supporters are going to start to jump ship. And eventually you're going to realize that, okay, it's time to go. I mean, I wasn't surprised that Better O'Rourke, by the way, didn't last. Because he had so much hype. And then Pete came along and was like, all the charisma that we all thought Beto had, but with like real smarts and a real brain. Because every time I listen to Beto talk, I'm like, ew, why did anyone think you were great before? <laughs> but anyway, that's my two cents on the debate last night. Um, I'm looking forward to the debate in December of 20, December 20th, which is about a month from now. Yeah, well, I hope you enjoy the rest of your week. Ciao.
Life is critically thinking about shit. Subscribe, download, and share. If you like what you heard today, tune in next week for a brand new episode where I'll be talking about whatever is on my mind next week. Okay, bye guys.